What's going on, my friends? I am Josh Hoffman. And I'm Ilan Benor, coming to you from the Google Startups campus in Tel Aviv. On this episode, we are joined by Danit Pellet, a fashion designer who has managed to make 3D printed, beautiful, customizable, wearable, and washable fashion. It all began when Danit was working on her graduation thesis at the Shankar College of Engineering and Design in Tel Aviv. The process took her through nine months of experimentation and over 2,000 hours of printing. Enjoy our sit-down interview with the one and only Denis Pellick. Welcome to Turn Up Tel Aviv, where we take you inside the lives of Tel Aviv's most interesting people and personalities. For more shows and other original content about the lifestyle, culture, and people of Tel Aviv, check out telavivpresents.com. Okay, guys, let's get the show on the road. So, Denis, you print 3D fashionable, ready-to-wear clothes. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Uh, you can also say digital garments if you want to. What sparked your, your journey to becoming who you are today? Let's, let's start from way back when, and then we'll talk about the things you're doing most recently. Sure. So I studied fashion design for four years, and I realized as a student that I am like, really curious about the relationship between fashion and technology. So I always experiment with different kind of technologies in my work for you know, making the most unique designs for my projects. Uh, so that's basically how it started. Then I realized that there are these, you know, desktop 3D printers that are, you know, that are so accessible and you can find them in so many places here in Tel Aviv. So I was like, why people are not using it for fashion? And uh, basically that's how it started. That's so revolutionary. I <laughs> just intuitively, I would never think how 3D printing uh, comes into fashion. But w- was there any people that influenced your journey or shaped your thinking? Well, when I started my journey, I didn't know anything about 3D printing. Um, And um, I had to find all of the answers all by myself. Like, I didn't have like a class in my school teaching 3D printed fashion. So I had to find everything online. And I kept asking people, you know, like random people on the internet, how do you do this? Which software do I need? Like, what is this printer? Where can I find this material? All of these questions. And I realized that uh, there is one person that keep answering all of my questions. And I realized that he's from Israel. So I was like, hey, do you want to meet somewhere in Tel Aviv? And he was like, yeah, if it's going to be like a public place, we can meet. And I was like, okay, this is weird to say. And then we met and I realized that he's like super ultradox, um, religious guy. And... Um, and he loved the idea. He loved my vision. And I was like, okay, so can you help me? Like, can you answer my questions like live? Can we meet? And he like, you'll be my coach. And uh, he's completely volunteered to my project. Drove once a week from Afula, which is like two hours away from Tel Aviv, just to meet and um, and help me through the process. And um, and I think it's so unique because I would probably never interact with this guy if not for you know sharing our passion for you know, mutual passion for creating. And um, and now we're still like, you know, really, we're really good friends, but he never wanted to see the final result. Like he didn't, never wanted to see how it looks on the models, like how it looks on the runway, just like helping me with the software side and like the, That's yeah. interesting, and that's really cool. Was that actually the first 3D printer you used? That's the first time I was using 3D printer, yeah. So in Tel Aviv, we have these places that are like, a 
maker spaces that you can just go and experiment with new technologies. And I think it's very special to our city and to our country. Um, but basically, yeah, that's I realized that I can't learn everything online. I need to find the actual printers and like to see how it's working and like to see how to run it and use it. And I found this maker space in Tel Aviv and they let me, you know, let me experiment with the different kind of printers and until I found the right process and the right printer, the right material, the right software and like made my recipe. One of the things that we talk about a lot in our other podcasts and in our content in general at Tel Aviv Presents is that Tel Aviv makes you do, makes you create, like it enables you to create and to do and it gives you the inspiration and the motivation and you see other people that are creating and doing. Tell us like, you know, you talked about the makerspace, obviously. Let's put it this way. Could you have done this anywhere else in the world? And, and, and the follow-up to that is also like, what about Tel Aviv like allowed you to do this? Not just do it in general, but to do it as fast as you have because your success has come pretty fast. I think most likely that the people here are so like happy to share their time and knowledge with with people like if you need to find solution for something or if, if you're doing a, um, like a new exploring new technology you can always find the right person to speak with and compared to other you know cities like compared to New York for example they will actually share their time with you and like answer your questions and will be very generous with it so I think this is something very special and that's why we can achieve something um like really amazing creations here was there a certain point where you felt wow I'm on to something or, or wow I, I've, I've really made it um well probably when I saw my garments walking the runway I realized okay this is something doable because it's walking here in front of me and I wanted the models to wear completely 100% 3d printed material so from head to toe like shoes accessories they wore only 3D printed uh, textiles on their bodies. And then I realized, okay, maybe maybe I should print fashion for for the next few years and see if my vision, you know, make my vision a reality. Like, because I see it in front of me right now. You're a true pioneer. It's almost like you're in this open ocean of 3D printing. I kind of see you have like an astronaut in this entire space <laughs> that hasn't been discovered yet. I want to ask you, how does it feel to be the first of something, to be the first person ever to create and sell an original 3D printed garment? Well, I don't see myself like every day when I wake up, oh, I'm the first person to do things. Um, the 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 jacket like selling the jacket was when I realized that people are so curious, like they want to buy my clothing and um and because it's such at the beginning part of this technology, it's uh, it's it's taking so long to print them, and so it means they're gonna be expensive and all of that. But still, people wanted to buy them, and I googled on the internet like looking for three D printed garments to buy to sell, and like I couldn't find anything. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna sell the first three D printed garment on the internet. Why not? 
And uh, I also realized the power of 3D printing when I was realized that I can work with customers and uh, create customized garments for them without meeting them in person. And uh, I decided to use these benefits and, and um, I built a platform on my computer, on my website, where you can actually see the 3D printed jacket simulation, choose the color of the textile, choose the color of the lining, and then uh, using a simple app, you're taking two photos of yourself and I get all of your measurements and creating these jackets completely to you uh, with your colors request and also with zero waste. So every time I produce a jacket, they had this number, you know, like 20 from 100. There is only 100 jackets of those. So usually my customers are either collector for fashion or museums, fashion schools, uh, individuals who has a technology company for fashion tech. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's it's really cool journey. So the flip side of that is that, you know, it's not all rainbows and, and, and roses. What's been some of the more challenging times for you? The, the most challenging part is uh, finding the right materials to print textiles with. Today, there is not so many options to choose from, and I hope to change it in the next year or so. Uh, but uh, the materials that I'm using today feels like rubber um, and they're made from recyclable rubber which is great and I can also recycle all of my garments create new filament and then print new dress out of it but it's nothing like cotton or silk or you know textiles that we used to wear so I'm hoping for the day that we will have better materials to print with were there any specific times where you felt failure like this isn't going anywhere or or any low times that ultimately pushed you forward to the success you found today? Yes. When I realized that the deadline for, you know, for showing my collection uh, is coming closer. It's been like, I don't know, like maybe like 60 days before or uh, or so. And uh, I realized that I need to print 2,000 hours in order to finish printing my collection. Um, so, so that was a really like... Uh, like do or die moment. I was like, okay, I'm just going to bring six printers to my house. And I was just printing 24 seven, waking up in the middle of the night, changing the material, turning on the printer, changing, you know, the parts and all of that. And that's how I was able to, to finish with my friends at school who were just stitching, going to the beach, coming back. And I was like printing 24 hours. So so that was really like a moment that I said, okay, this is not something I can achieve. Like I don't have enough time. And I just decided to rent all of these printers to my house. Wow, that, that's some really <laughs> cool stuff because I'm actually kind of happy to live in an era where I don't need a paper printer. You know, everything's on emails today, whatever, it's online. But 3D printers is definitely something of the future. Can you actually go into what's the process from when I guess a garment is, comes from an idea until it becomes printed? Sure. So I start everything, everything is on a computer. Basically, every, all, all I need is myself, a computer and a printer, and I can print a full fashion collection, including shoes and whatever I want. What I love about this technology is that your imagination is the only limitation. So this is the starting point. Um, like, what do you want to achieve? Do you want to have a jacket? Do you want to do a shoes? Like, for me, that's, that's the area that I'm working. And then, of course, it's starting with uh, um, a sketch, and uh, I move this sketch to the computer so I can actually see how, um, like, the simulation of of the of my sketch uh, from every angle. 
And then I'm just uh, working, the, you know, everything we wear today was made with a software, pattern software, like for art. You know, fashion designers are not using rulers and pencils anymore, let me tell you. So we have these softwares. I just designed the jacket or the garment that I want to create. I can choose the measures. That's why I can make it in for every size I want it. And then I just uh, move these uh, patterns to the 3D software. And that's where I do the 3D modeling and then send to print. Uh, today, the printers had a really small plate, so I had to print all these pieces, like a jacket in like 30 pieces, and then assemble it together. Um, but it, it's, it's changing every year. The printer is becoming bigger and faster. What's one thing that you know today that you wish you would have known when you started out? Um, that it's doable. <laughs> that will be very helpful if I knew it uh, back then that it's something that I can actually achieve because for me it was like a research I was like okay worst case I'm not going to success uh, and I'm not going to to make it uh, but after you study in such a you know Shinkai is one of the best universities in, in the world for fashion design uh, probably number six and I really wanted to be included in the final runway show and I knew that if it's not going to be like the most fabulous collection I'm just not going to be there so it was a lot of stress and um, and I really wanted to you know to accomplish finishing printing my collection on time so if I knew that I will present it there I would be probably much more relaxed let's talk about your most recent Biggest project, I want to call it, um, the world's first 3D printed fashion online course. Tell us more about right. that. What can people expect? Yeah. So this is something I've been working on for like almost a year. Um, I'm doing a lot of workshops and I'm, I'm traveling a lot to do all my speaking engagement, like meeting a lot of students all around the world. Um, and I also had um, a course that was live. I had students joining me from literally all around the world from South Korea to Brazil and Austria and the US all gathering together to learn about 3D printed fashion in my live courses and I realized okay I wanted to bring it to more people so I just decided to record you know everything I know about 3D printing so everything I learned in the past three years um, is just right there so it for me it was like writing a book which was very like incredible to just you know put everything I know about this technology like what have been done so far like my process and and then divide it to 25 lectures and um, and now see people are actually accessing and like using it and enjoying it and learning from it it's like incredible I really believe that if I will share my knowledge this technology will move forward and I need more fashion designers to join into this innovative world in order to have better tools and better opportunities to all of us so that's why I'm so open with my process and like my my recipe um, and that's why I'm meeting so much students and fashion schools um, in order to share to share this information with them so now it's just available to everyone you can just access to courses.danitpelek.com or just visit my website danitpelek.com and you can learn all about it. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the inspiration also for the designs and the clothes, but also the inspiration behind pushing the technology in, in, 
fashion tech. Through my journey, I realized the benefits of 3D printed fashion. And I realized that there are so many, um, that it's such a sustainable alternative to the way we produce and consume fashion. So I truly believe that, you know, in a few years when we'll have, you know, better technology, better materials, that will be a better alternative to produce our fashion. So, um, so first of all, I want to talk with you a little bit about the benefits because it's really important. And I hear a lot that this collection, like these garments are not sustainable because they're made from these plastics. Um, but actually the vision, uh, like the inspiration, this is what important about like what will happen in a few years, not the actual uh, what happened today. So so basically when, so every all of my designs are digital. So I don't need to have anything physical. So if I'm working with, you know, company or, or 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 a customer abroad I know I don't need to create the actual sample I can just send them a 3d simulation of this jacket and I can literally email him the, the garment right after and he can produce it on the other side of the world um, so that means um, I, that I don't have any inventory uh, I don't do shipping uh, everything is online my garments everything when I produce them they meant to be the front of the jacket the back of the jacket the shoulder like the hands area so I have zero waste which is not something possible to do with uh, regular textiles um, and then that's will happen you know exactly what happened with YouTube for example like you know content producers just use YouTube and could share anything they have in their mind. So the same thing will happen with fashion. I believe that when fashion will be digital, everyone will be able to create their designs, sell them or give them for free, like open source files. Um, so if you're a young designer, you can turn to be, you know, like having a viral t-shirt and having millions of people wearing your t-shirt the same day. And like you becoming a world known, you know, fashion designer, just from one day, the same thing will happen. You know, what happened with uh, YouTube, for example. And I think, yeah, I think music is definitely one of my inspiration because we can remember also our age. Uh, we had to go to a record store and buy CDs and uh, and it was very physical. And today you can just download digital music to, to your smartphone wherever you go. So I think today fashion is very physical and... Uh, I'm really curious to see what will happen when all of our clothes will be digital. I'm interested to know, you know, you mentioned that you want more people to join the tribe, so to speak, of this this digital fashion revolution. And you're traveling a lot now internationally. You have, you know, runway shows that you're participating in. You're in a lot of award ceremonies. You just told us off the air that you're going to be in India coming up for a BBC award that you received. What's the conversation like between you and other fashion designers especially the ones that maybe are a little bit hesitant to get into the digital sphere, like take us into those conversations. Mm -hmm. Wow, great question. So usually they're very surprised to touch it. Like if they're doing like traditional fashion, they see my collection next to them. It's uh, they're very like curious to touch the fabrics um, and surprised that they're much softer, softer than they imagine. Um, but also I think 3D printing, like this word sounds like a very scary thing, like something that is really complicated and you don't know like how to, um, how to start with. So, so usually the, yeah, I guess the, uh, the most common questions is like, how do you do it? Like, why do you do it? And, um, 
Um, and that's why I'm doing my course <laughs> to show that 3D printing is something you can actually learn and do all by yourself. So, um, yeah, that's really exciting. Just that's like AI in today's world. I mean, I think in the nineties, when you would tell somebody artificial intelligence, you'd had this idea of the Terminator just taking over, but now, you know, AI is, it's a real thing It you know, everyone has on their own computers and, and, and what you're doing with printing, it's you're making 3D printing like a household product, which is really, really cool. I want to tie that into um, Tel Aviv. Let's bring it back uh, local a little bit. What was your earliest memory of Tel Aviv? Um, well, I grew up in a suburb between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. So when I grew up, Tel Aviv was the closest place to go to get some civilization <laughs> so if we wanted to go to uh, the um, like movie cinema or like going to the mall or restaurants that's the place we were go so I don't remember like a I don't remember a specific um, memory um, but yeah but maybe yeah but just you know going to Dizengoff Square probably I have a uh, picture in my head and I live like two minutes away from this place right now so it's funny to see how it's evolved and yeah but I have many memories too many memories to remember one and, and talk to us because I've been here for like seven years and this city has just changed so much just right. in the last seven years you've been here a little bit longer like talk to us from your eyes about the transformation and the evolution of this city from what you've seen mm-hmm so definitely when I was uh, younger, I, Tel Aviv was much older, like older people were everywhere. And definitely today's very, very young environment, like people who grow up here, um, it's completely different atmosphere for them um, in a good way, <laughs> I think. Uh, but also, you know, like it was always a cultural place to go. Like you can go see, you know, um, go to the to get culture you know go to the museums we're here and all of that which is still like that compared to the rest of the country um but yeah i guess it's becoming more innovative more younger than it used to be but i totally agree with you every time even i leave for you know for a month for my business trips and I'm coming back and like oh this is a new restaurant oh this is a new place like even just one month in between Tel Aviv can change so much it's crazy at what age did you move to Tel Aviv not eight years ago when I was 24 so what's one thing you thought about Tel Aviv before you arrived that you no longer mm-hmm. believe true uh, that uh, people here you know, they care only about themselves, like they're self-centered. They, um, uh, they're not going to be there for you if you'll need help. Like this is, I think, the stereotype about Tel Avivian people. Also outside the country, like outside the city, that's what people think about Tel Avivian people. Still today, I think. Um, definitely, I don't think at that anymore. And is that different from other cities you've lived in abroad? Mm, well... Um, in New York, for example, people, I don't know, I think it's harder to make friends in New York compared to here. Like it's harder to be, um, 
to be social, I would say, because everything is so far away. Like here, I can just call you, hey, do you want to meet? Like five minutes, we're going to be, you know, next to each other. Uh, so this is something very unique to this place, that everything is so close, so small, like so warm. All right, Denise, let's jump into our quick hitter segment. This is quick questions from us, quick answers from you. What's your favorite restaurant? Uh, my favorite restaurant is Hanoi. It's on Lillenbloom Street. It's very good. What about your favorite nightlife spot? I would say Port Said is always fun to go with friends. What's your drink of choice? Um, beer. Gold Star. What's your favorite neighborhood in Tel Aviv? I would say my neighborhood, Dizengoff area. What's your favorite spot to hang out to relax in Tel Aviv? Next to the Hilton, uh, there is a grassy spot where you can see the beach and it's really beautiful when you go there for the sunset it's a really nice spot what's your favorite local musician or band um i would say recently david lloyd uh, is really great musician and when i started listening to him i didn't know he's israeli and then i realized his name is neil <laughs> and uh, and uh, is is becoming huge on Spotify, and that's how I. And then I was like, Oh my God, is this Israeli? Like people are so amazing here. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite way to get around Tel Aviv in terms of transportation? Mm. Well, I don't have a car. It's really not something you can do here with a car. Um, so I'm using Babeldan, which is a new thing. I love it. And taxis, uh, buses, walking a lot. I love to walk on Tel Aviv. Not on August, though. What's your favorite street food? Mm, hummus, for sure. No doubt. All right, if we're talking about hummus, so <laughs> what's the best hummus place in Tel Aviv? Uh, oh, my God. Um, well, I would say Kiki is next to my house. I really like it. It's, like, super fresh and, like, easy. And, like, you can eat it and then do work after, so... See, I like the people who throw out like this hummus place you've never heard, whereas it's always like, oh, Shlomo, Shlomo and Daron, <laughs> or it's always Abu Hassan. Kiki, I've never heard of that place. It's awesome. Yeah, you should try it. Do you have a favorite cafe? Yes, definitely. Nachat Cafe. It's on the Dizengoff Square. It's amazing. They have the best coffee in Tel Aviv. I can sign on it. So how do you like your coffee? Um, iced Americano or cold brew. Usually that's what I'm getting. Would you rather be a dog walker or a scooter charger? Mm, dog walker for sure. <laughs> Although I think they're making a lot of money from this charging the scooters. And finally, Denise, tell us, what's the one thing that you are most excited about today? Oh, of course, my son is uh, one year old. And he's like the best thing that ever happened to me. The best 3D print, uh, 3D creation I ever created in my life. And he's incredible. He loves music and he's so much, he's so cute. And he used to come to my studio every day until he became like six months. So for his first six months, he was just next to me, like seeing everything I'm doing. And hopefully he will become even better expert than me in 3D. All right, Denny, one last question. What's your parting piece of advice for someone trying to enter the 3D printed garment industry? Mm. Uh, first of all, don't be scared because it's something you can achieve if you want to. 
um, and then definitely take risks and then share the world your creation right after like because you never know where is it going to end up and um, yeah awesome can you tell our listeners what's the best way they can connect with you online yes you can find me on Instagram it's Danit Peleg 3d or you can um, go to my website which is danitpeleg.com and I really hope to keep in touch with all of you and um, yeah find me on social media Danit it was a pleasure thank you for coming thank you it was my pleasure and thank you for having me wow Elon that was an awesome show hope you guys enjoyed it if you or someone you know wants to be featured on Turn Up Tel Aviv or one of our other podcasts don't be a stranger send us an email at magic at telavivmedia.group yes that's dot group not dot com new Elon Lolachfo yalla bye Thanks for listening to Turn Up Tel Aviv. For more episodes, visit turnuptelaviv.show. And for more shows and other original content about the lifestyle, culture, and people of Tel Aviv, check out telavivpresents.com.